to Raccoon City. <laughs> Just goofing, audience. This is the Save Room Reviews, where we review mediocre adaptations of video game stuff that I really like. Yeah, and if we wanted to do anime, we'd be talking about Cowboy Bebop, but instead we're doing Welcome to Raccoon City. God. <laughs> I, what's the verdict on that? What's the pulse? Are you on the good or bad camp after watching all the Cowboy Bebop? Hang on, we'll put we'll put this to the side. Yeah, uh, this is mostly bad spoilers, but let's go to Cowboy Bebop. What's the what's the verdict? <laughs> I feel like a lot of my thoughts on that anime and then this movie are going to kind of run parallel. Where I thought it was is was good for the most part. There were some kind of mm. offensive things uh, <laughs> in terms of like the overuse of Dutch angles, some of the recontextualizations of the characters. The blackmail line. Julia. Yeah, some of the dialogue's really bad. Some of the, most of the dialogue yeah. is atrocious in that show. Atrocious. And, that, and then the, just the ending, like the, the last yeah. like 15 minutes of the, the final episode. There, yeah, there's a lot of really, sucked. really great moments, but it feels like for every like high, there's almost like two lows to kind of mm-hmm. like bring it back to the middle. Um, but they were never going to get it like completely right. And that was kind of an unfortunate thing from the onset. They, yeah. It very much feels like, and much like Welcome to the Raccoon City. Well, and much no, like, it's Welcome to the Raccoon City. <laughs> and much like Welcome to Raccoon City, they were trying to hit these like kind of hallmark moments that the anime is known for with missing some of the, the feeling behind it mm. a lot of the time. But I thought some of it like landed for me. A lot of the action was cool when it was not in space and not on a green screen. Um, they didn't have to uh, use their budget. Yeah. The show was fine. Yeah. And the, and the music yeah. was, was pretty great, but I think the core cast like really worked for me in terms of, uh, you know, Spike, Jet and Faye nope. at times. No nope. times. No, nope. they gave her some of the worst lines. Almost not at all. Yeah. Horrible. They gave her some really bad lines. I don't know why she needed to be like the, the dumping ground for comic relief. Cause yeah, I don't know, hearing her say, like, nutbags and just be this explicit mouthpiece. Welcome to the ouch, motherfuckers! I hated that. Yeah, she was, yeah. um, she was like the, the goblin diva, like, meme, but like a person. You know what I'm oh talking about? Oh my god, little, yeah, yeah, yeah little... from, from Overwatch. Right, right. Wow. R.I.P. Overwatch. <laughs> Wherever you may buy. I, Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I liked it for the most part. It was, like, okay, not great. And it, it's yeah. just impossible when you have the anime which is like the best anime of all time for me specifically and yeah it is yeah uh, i know it's incontestable i know it's probably <laughs> in the top five greatest animes of all time but there's like, people that don't like that anime that think it's like whatever yeah i'm sure like a lot of people are like oh it's cheesy or like you know it's just some of it doesn't make sense or i don't think the original anime is cheesy like like when it when it wants to be funny it is yeah but it's never like incidentally cheesy I like mean, this show is it's no cheesier than other like animes like shoujin animes where it's like oh this is kind of like weird and yeah it's nothing like yeah. fucking shonen jump animes yeah. it's nothing like that that's why i like that <laughs> like that fucking show because yeah. it doesn't try to be like it's actually a very you know mm-hmm. straightforward kind of uh it's a great show i just we just watch that right i think my my review of cowboy bebop the beep the beep uh, if you will cowboy bebop is that at its high it's okay at its worst it's pretty fucking bad it never breaks past okay, except for one episode, which is the second to the last episode. Oh where I thought God. that episode was good. Not great. It was good. Yeah, what, it's called like Blue Crow Waltz, I think. Correct. Where it's like a flashback episode. Yeah. Yeah. It's That's really, a good episode. Really good. And I was like, okay, now I see why you're doing all this vicious bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. 
And then, like, they completely just neuter that, like, in the next episode, almost immediately. And it's like, oh, wow, fuck this. That episode has a great scene that reminds me of that one kind of one shot from True Detective where, like, Hmm. Matthew McConaughey is working his way through the house. And it's Spike just kind of, like, killing his way through the one. Like, episode two, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Great show. Yeah, great show. True Detective, great show. (laughs) Uh, I I would say for me, there's probably, like, one episode that I really didn't give a shit about. But for the most part, there was, Mm. like at least once an episode where I'm like, all right, I'm having fun with this. Mm. The problem is like, they, they tried to make it a greatest hits of the animes while kind of like recontextualizing the plot, putting minor characters or mentioned characters in the forefront and remixing a lot. And then a lot of it is like, well, let's just throw random bounties that are scattered throughout the, the, the season, the 26 episode season into the forefront of this 10 episode season. And it's just like, you were never going to do it the same, or you're never going to do it right. No, I, I think part of the problem is that it is the adaptation equivalent of putting water in the shampoo bottle to make it last longer. That's mm. how most of the episodes feel, where it's like, this is really watered down because it's too much. Well, yeah. too, like The episodes are twice as long as any given episode of Cowboy Bebop, yeah, the original anime. Runtime for the anime episodes is like 24 to 26 minutes, and then you have like 45 minute to an hour long episodes here. Yeah. But and it's not good enough. Like the writing's not good enough to ever yeah. like float that entire episode. Nor is the budget high enough to give us like anything interesting to look at mm-hmm. for most of it. Yeah, it, it it ends up being like a weird kind of um, replication of Firefly. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's it's more it has more in common with Firefly than it does Cowboy Bebop. Its original adaptation in in style of tone and writing. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it was always destined to be that way. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I didn't see it like the Firefly adaptation until some mm-hmm. people started pulling in the comparisons to like Whedon's dialogue and how yeah. like he treats like kind of like punch dialogue and joke dialogue. Right. Um, where it's like people are just saying stuff just to have comedic, like everybody's a comedy actor in yeah. every scene. There, there's <laughs> like almost none of it is about like knowing or getting to know the characters more. It's more about just like entertaining the audience yeah. and it ends up being just this kind of facade mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, okay. You're, you're hiding the fact that you don't have much of a plot, do mm-hmm. you? <laughs> it's true. They don't. Yeah. I'm going to say the most egregious thing to me from the season huh. is the fact that they call Spike fearless the entire time. Which I fucking hate. Yeah. Like, why? Yeah, everyone why calls him fearless. I'm just like, this is dumb. Like, fearless. They, they never call them fearless in the anime. And I, I yeah. know, like, a lot of people get hung up on other things where it's like, oh, these characters, like, Faye doesn't look like how she normally did, and they, they change Gren and this and that. And I'm like, I don't really care about that stuff. Mm. The fearless thing made me mad. Though. Fearless thing made me mad, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't care how, how they look. It's more the performance. And I, Faye was just, like, haphazardly written. Where mm. It's like, we have no idea what to do with this character, because yeah. obviously all of our interesting writing went to Spike's entire story, and no one else. Oops. I, I mean, that's kind of... How Cowboy Bebop is. How it was, like, because, like, yeah. you have these kind of satellite episodes where it's, like, you get, like, a little bit into Jet's Pass, a little bit into Ed, Ayn, and then right. Faye, and, like, when they do those kind of branch-off episodes, they do it really well. Yeah, like, the key thing is a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like, we have, remember that whole fucking, like, entire episode about Jet uh, being a detective? Being mm. a cop. That was the worst. The worst. Well, they have a similar episode in the anime, but I just didn't really... I feel like it just didn't land quite the same, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, what are you looking at? But I would say, like, the, the core cast between, like... I, I like John Cho and uh, Mustafa Shakur's yeah, they're great. Uh, dynamic. I thought they, they nailed that, but I don't know. I just... Man, you had so much good source material to run with, and it just felt like you, you cherry pick these moments that's basically like you winking at the camera 
and like smiling at the audience and that's going to be a lot of what (laughs) i feel about resident evil welcome to raccoon city as well where it's like you got these moments that you think are like really cool homage moments but you just didn't do it quite right Mm. yeah well that leads us into welcoming the audience Mm -hmm. to the raccoon city uh, but first, we're the save room. Hello. I don't have a pithy joke for you, because honestly, this this fucking adaptation has stolen my zest for life. Yeah, I mean, for, for, for the reviews we do, you know, this is save room reviews, Hello. where we review uh, movies, video games, and sometimes gluten-free ciders. Today, we're drinking the Incline Blood Orange Cider. It's gross. And I think it's okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fine. kind of gross. Yeah, I think it'd be better. Gross is it. not okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to, like, you're not going to gaslight me into believing this is an okay drink. And it says it's a quality Disgusting. craft cider as well. Quality craft cider? Yeah. I've never seen that many lies in a can. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, yeah. we are the Sabre, and you can catch us on Spotify, iTunes, the Google Play, and RSS feeds everywhere. Stitcher, maybe. 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 And on this very special episode, we are reviewing Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City, directed and written by Mr. Johans Roberts. You may know his career as being underwater. Yeah. Having done 47 meters down. And 47 meters down, uncaged. Wait, wait, wait. Uncaged. (laughs) Which are fun movies. Because all the sharks were caged in the original. They're like, ah, get us out of here. And I kept on thinking, this movie would be great if those sharks weren't in those cages. Mm -hmm. And then he gave us a sequel that threw the sharks in a cave. You know, for his his history with yeah. sharks, you figured this movie would at least have one shark. Nope. But they mention a shark. There's at no. Least. Yep. They mention a shark. <laughs> they, for, yeah. They throw totally, away line. Right. They totally kill Neptune. It's like, oh come on. But like, yeah, the line's like, oh, what are some of the worst ways to die? Oh, getting eaten by a snake or a shark. A giant snake. Yeah. It was a reference. I know. Okay. Yeah, what? Well, eaten by just a snake, sir? All right. Find me a snake. <laughs> I could swallow you whole that isn't giant. A giant man-eating snake. Did they give that one a name? Because like I know Neptune is the name of the shark. Yeah, they all have a name. Okay. The Yawn. Oh, the Yawn. Is That's the right. name of the giant snake in the Spencer Estates Addict. Well. And then later the library. Unfortunately, this movie was full of a lot of yawns. It was. Yeah. It got a little boring uh, towards the latter half of it, right? Like, I would say, like, right when we got into the third act, I was bored. You were on your phone a surprising yeah. amount, and it was like... Kind of shocking where I'm like, oh, it? Kevin, this is Resident Evil. What do you do? And you're just like on your phone looking up whatever. The movie the is just kind of like, eh, so it's fine. To, to set the mood for this, yeah. it came out on what? Like November 24th. Yep. Budget of like 25 million, right? 25 million. Um, we went to go see this actually opening night, uh, the night before Thanksgiving. <laughs> we sure did. Um, there were probably like, maybe 12 to 15 people in the theater and we we drove we drove all the way down to Renton for it um I got nachos which were oh was just a bag of Doritos uh that they heated up sheltered under a heat lamp served with nacho cheese and we got a little corn dog I gotta tell you this is the greatest (laughs) sham this this is a regal by the way I want to call you the fuck out regal what the fuck is regal about junk food under a heat lamp I need nachos Nacho nachos. Well, they had two different versions. Where was the number two version? Doritos nachos and then the Tostitos nachos, which was, get this, just Tostitos chips. We should have set that movie theater on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Heat up all their fucking nachos. It sucked because, like, everything everything else I wanted, they didn't have. Like, oh, they didn't have corn dogs. Oh, they didn't have fucking boneless wings. Oh, well, they didn't have, like, hot dogs. dogs. We got corn dogs. We got corn dog bikes. Don't you worry. We got corn dog bikes. I was getting in there. I, was, I came off of what? Like I was doing a, another Halo stream or something? Or playing Halo or some shit? 
I was doing something. With oh, Halo. I thought you were just playing Halo. Was I just playing Halo? Yeah. yeah. And I was, <laughs> I was slamming some drinks before, and we get on out there. And you're like, Daniel, you got to drive. And I'm yeah. like, okay. I was a little drenchy when we got to yeah. uh, to the theater, right? That's why some of this is like foggy in my memory. But actually, when I went back and read the synopsis on Wikipedia, I was like, oh, nothing happened in the movie. That's why I can't remember anything. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's kind of, yeah. we're going to do a spoiler cast as we often do with these review episodes. Let's just kind of start with like top yeah. level spoiler free impressions. All right. Let me, let me talk to you about like, what's, what's the tone is I think the most important thing. Cause that's the only thing that stood out in this film for me, which yeah. is this dude, Johans Roberts was talking about gassing up this whole film while it was in development, saying that it's going to be scary as hell. Mm-hmm. One, I wasn't scared once. During this film, there wasn't a single jump scare or moment that I was like, oh, that got me. Nothing. <laughs> they tried. Nothing. They tried. Yeah. Failed. It wasn't It's not a scary movie. It looks like a scary movie. I'll mm. give them that because it's got the right tone, right? It, it, it's foreboding. It's in the dark. The whole movie's at night. Thank mm. you very much. Uh, and it's it shot in a way that made me feel like um, he said John Carpenter was one of his inspirations. And, I, and you can kind of see it. It kind of has that that late 80s low budget feel to it mm-hmm. turns out half of that's because it actually has a, a low budget <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's at least shot well so credit where credit is due it's it's very moody and i think it does a nice job of trying to match the atmosphere of the remakes in particular of the resident evil games so good job there let me ask you uh since james wan was initially set to like produce and do the script for it do you yeah. think it would have been in better hands if he had done it uh, I have no idea. I know Greg <laughs> Russo, who has adapted like literally every video game ever in Hollywood, wrote the script for it, and he mm-hmm. said his adaptation was more based on RE7. Um, mm. So it might have like just kind of skewed the whole Raccoon City stuff in favor of that, or tried to blend it together. Who knows? I mean, this I would love to read that script. Had a little bit of that hillbilly feel. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it had it had the small towny kind yeah. of feel. Yeah, that's the funniest thing. Raccoon City's interpretations throughout media is the funniest shit to me. If you go to the Paul W. Anderson movies, mm-hmm. it's this sprawling metropolis with three million people mm-hmm. living there. It looks like a futurescape. In this movie, <laughs> it is literally like a desolate town. Like they they say, um, it's a corporate town where everyone's like moved away, and the only people left over are cops and idiots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which you know, and one, one of the same. Uh, <laughs> there's this Venn diagram yeah. there, and it looks like a circle. But. Um, <laughs> Which I think is a was a very clever way of saying, hey, we filmed this movie in the middle of the, of the pandemic in mm-hmm. October 2020 and did reshoots in 2021 beginning. So, like, we can't have crowd shots and shit. Mm. Like, literally, there's no crowd except for one zombie scene in front of a gate. <laughs> well, there's <laughs> also really the one scene in the, the mansion. Yeah, where yeah, 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 there's yeah. fucking, like, 20 zombies out of nowhere. But that is way different than, like, the hordes sure. from, from the games or what's, like, going on. Or the fact that there is more than three people keeping the lights on in the goddamn city. Mm-hmm. The whole disaster of Raccoon is that a populace of people suffered this pandemic mm-hmm. thanks to, not to use the word pandemic, but <laughs> suffered this because of Umbrella's greed and avarice. Mm-hmm. And in this movie, it was just, like, there's, like, five people in this town just, like, rolling around. Mm-hmm. Just kind of, they notice things are weird. <laughs> yeah, and it was, like, a slow burn kind of like pharmaceutical company conspiracy where like they were just slowly like poisoning the water supply over time for some reason was that a part of the experiment did they say that that's why they were doing it 
Well, the, the weird thing about this movie, the puzzling thing even, is that, like, we really don't get into, like, Umbrella's motivations at all. Right. A part like, of the we advertising. Because we have no character that leans into it, despite, like, Birkin being a big part of it. And, and Ben Bertolucci, uh, <laughs> who gets, like, two exposition drops yeah. in the film, one at the beginning on a VHS, <laughs> and then another, like, when he's, like, steals Leon's gun, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the funniest thing because, like, you can tell that Roberts, the director, is a fan of the games, has played the games. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, like, homages and Easter eggs to the games. And yet he forgot to tell you the basic plot of the games, which is they are making biological monsters because mm-hmm. they want to sell this virus. And the, the tests that they do are all part of just this money-making scheme that actually, if you want to get deep into it, is about making one man, Oswald E. Spencer, immortal. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> the T-virus was originally invented for like its restorative properties but it just brings people back from the dead we don't even get a line about like hey so the t-virus just like makes zombies dog no but we get a line from ben about like have you heard about the t-virus have you heard about the g-virus that's it and that's it like that's they're explained away for like what is supposed to be like we did we cut out a scene where like claire's just like no what is that (laughs) like what happened yeah. Well, so, so we'll we have no like idea the, why Umbrella's doing anything. We'll get into the egregious part about that yeah. later that happens in like the last 15 minutes of the movie. Oh, but, it's so funny. Yeah. Right? It's so funny. But yeah, so like this is a different vibe. There's a few remixed elements, but it, it hems pretty closely to, I would say, the events of Resident Evil 2 remake in particular. But it also does this horrible thing <laughs> of taking the events of Resident Evil 1 and cramming them together on the same night. So we have Chris Redfield, we got Jill Valentine, we have a lot of the Alpha Squad there, Wesker. We got Claire Redfield in the mm-hmm. same movie. We have scenes with Chris and Claire interacting with each other, which doesn't really happen in the games too often. So to, to kind of go back on like the happening on the same night, right? Yeah. It initially happened, what, like in July of 1988? That's the events of like, or 1998, uh, 1998. the events of the first game. And then yeah. the second game takes place on September, what, 20th? Late September going into October. Yeah, 1998. But this same movie takes place... One one night. One night in September. So basically during yeah. the events of the second game, yeah. which is In like, 1998, by yeah. the way. So I'll, I'll give them that. Nobody yeah. busts out a cell phone going, whoa, yo, what the fuck was that? You know, and starts like <laughs> taking pictures of zombies and shit. Because maybe somebody would have showed up to their goddamn podunk town. <laughs> like, the funniest part is they only needed like Umbrella needed only one barricade to stop people from leaving the city. Because mm-hmm. there's only like five people that live there anyway. <laughs> you remember? They do this crazy like... Uh, <laughs> crane shot over the city like five times they they right. reuse the shot because they had so little budget for it but it's like <laughs> like you said it looks like a cul-de-sac but it's like <laughs> yeah the whole city's a cul-de-sac and like uh, like all you see is the rpd in literally like maybe three square blocks of city and you're yeah. like that's raccoon <laughs> so that, that was hilarious to me but yeah so we crammed together the stories of both of these games into one and, and unfortunately for me I think that diminishes both Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of great moments and a great setup and the originals about the mystery of like what the fuck is going on in this mansion. And then you figuring it out, you end up in really cool locations like the underground laboratory or the courtyard or Mm -hmm. in the remake. You have Lisa Trevor's old like situation, her house that's on the yards. We'll get to Trevor's second. Lisa Trevor. Friend. (laughs) Claire. Friend. (laughs) Claire. I loved it. It was fucking great. But uh, And then we have elements from RE2, like Leon is a rookie cop showing up for his first day. And Claire Redfield has a completely different motivation in this, which mm-hmm. is her and her brother were raised in the orphanage, which is for some reason a one-for-one one of the of the remake. Mm-hmm. 
again, it just seems like this dude just played RE2 Remake, like, right before writing the script and was just like, yep, there it is. It's all done for us, <laughs> basically. Uh, but they're in the orphanage as kids in the intro of the film, and they encounter a monster. I mean, she encounters the monster. It's oh, something... Chris is dead-ass asleep. That's <laughs> yeah, right. Chris is dead-ass asleep, and every time Claire brings it up, he's like, there's no monsters, Claire. Go back right. to sleep. Go sleep in your own bed. Right. Or William's gonna be mad. <laughs> so, like, so men are always like that, right? Even as boys. I think I see something. I think you don't. <laughs> yeah, and it, it becomes this thing where, like, Lisa Trevor is just hanging out at the orphanage, being yeah. just a kind of, like, well, commonplace character. She lives in a tent. She's got a little Her Trevor tent. tent. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's her palace. She's bad. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So, like, she, she shows up, freaks out Claire as a kid, and then we, what, smash cut the fucking 15 years later or something? Mm-hmm. Uh, Claire's been gone for five years mm-hmm. because she just couldn't stand this podunk version of Raccoon City. There probably isn't a university to go to or anything. Mm-hmm. There's there's literally an orphanage and then the cop station. Yeah, it's a terrible. Place. They said she was like bouncing around between like homes and just mm-hmm. kind of I don't know living on her own. And what, so what is her Kaya Skurarro? Yeah, Skurarduro. She was in Crawl, which mm-hmm. is a great movie. Yeah, Kaya nobody believes me when I say Skurdalario. Yeah, she was great in Crawl. She's great in Crawl, which. When she was announced for Claire in this, I was like, oh, she's going to be kind of perfect yeah. for that role. And she was honestly, like, one of my favorite parts of the movie. Me too. Even though, like, she expresses, like, the, the main emotion we see her express is anger. anger. But, like, she has <laughs> she's a scene Aries in this film. where she's just, like, super dynamic because yeah. she's, like, processing just, like, the conspiracy and everything. And so, that yeah, that's her whole thing. She she uh, catches wind of the conspiracy of Umbrella, yeah. which we're still unsure. All they're doing is making people sick, yeah. I guess, is, like, the thing. And it has fueled her with um, existential rage mm-hmm. because she is angry in every scene in this film. Her reaction to everything is like, um, God, she's kind of like how Jill Valentine was in the RE3 remake, mm-hmm. where she's just, just like beset upon, chip on her shoulder, don't say anything to me or I'll aim a shotgun at you. And she mm-hmm. does that a couple of times to people <laughs> throughout the course of the film. Yeah. I love this interpretation of Claire, but she is effectively our main character, mm-hmm. which is also a great choice as a Claire fan. <laughs> yeah, because they had a, one of two ways to go with it, right? Either make Chris your main character mm-hmm. or Claire. And I love that they went with Claire on that. And I, yeah. I, I mean, Chris is also kind of like the other main character, like main character. Yeah. 2.0 just because like they do the dual planes of action where it's like you have stuff going on in spencer state you have stuff going on in the rpd right because he's still a member of yeah. stars even though i don't think they say stars out loud in the no, film they don't they're wearing a bunch the outfits yeah. they're in the office right and they got <laughs> donald luge as chief irons mm-hmm. which i was excited for this casting but like chief irons is a villain in the games in this one he's just a doofus yeah he's like a slimy unctuous person who's like on umbrella's unctuous, payroll wow. and doesn't he does experiments on like the mayor's daughter um sure well he does a lot of things to the man yes. short of sexual assault you know no that's not not short at all that's that's <laughs> that actually heavily like yeah. that's what's happening yeah. uh yeah he oh god he's so gross yeah, like he's really in the taxidermy in the games yeah and, like, he, he's basically trying to stuff the mayor's daughter which is like horrible but in this movie he's he's one of the more fun characters to watch because he's just he's <laughs> donna lou just being wisecracking and yeah. making fun of leon a bunch yeah, I, I don't understand why, like, we may... Maybe there just wasn't enough time to give everyone a backstory because they're colliding two ensembles of characters mm-hmm. into one story. Um, actually, that's probably 100% of the reason why, like, characters lose backstory. For instance, the Birkins are in the, the movie, but Annette is literally nobody. She's not mm-hmm. an evil scientist alongside William. She's just a mom. 
She's just a mom. It doesn't seem like she really knows what her husband's up to. Birkin, for some reason, is beefy in this film. (laughs) He looks like he works out. And the funniest thing in the whole fucking world is that he's wearing a t-shirt that says Tall Oaks on it, which is the setting for Resident Evil 6, where Leon shoots the president in the face. (laughs) I love this reference. I love it. (laughs) You said it was a reference that probably pissed off and confused a lot of fans. Probably. Uh, Probably there's people just angry that RE6 would even get like mentioned in the fact that like this movie's overall not great they'll be like see <laughs> this movie crop dust reference all over the place everywhere it couldn't stop yeah. itself because it's like oh let's do a code veronica reference let's do this reference let's do that reference right. just to do it as if like they're afraid they're never going to get a shot at a sequel listen so. if, you're, if you're not going to have a plot you yeah. might as well have fan service yeah there you go and they nailed that portion mm-hmm. <laughs> right but yeah claire comes back into town for some reason i guess because ben bertolucci mm-hmm. sent a vhs where he's like I'm scared claire with his with his giant fake teeth <laughs> and he's like it's gonna be like chernobyl but times 10 and it's like well chernobyl people live there yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah nobody lives in a raccoon for some reason all right but yeah she shows up bothering chris right and chris is played by robbie amell mm-hmm. who is Stephen Amell's brother. Do you Are know you still s- doing impressions, by the way? What do you mean? <laughs> like, did you give your overall like top level impressions? We're just talking. Okay, I was like, yeah. I feel like you're just you're, talking. You're too bottom. worried about structure. We got to get into this. Robbie Amell. Okay, is perfect casting sure. for Chris because he's got beefy arms mm-hmm. and he has that just kind of like handsome but bland quality, just yeah. like Chris Redfield. So like, I, nails that. I like Robbie Amell as as Chris. I think actually, I think there's a lot of casting in this film that's pretty decent. Uh, Who do you yeah. know? Well, except for Leon. <laughs> I mean, I would say, yeah, Caius Godolero as Claire was good. Donald Lewis uh, Irons was good. Robbie Ar- uh, uh, Amel was yeah. pretty good. And then Tom Hopper as Albert Wesker was good in moments, but that is it for me. Yeah, that's like, it? I don't, I did not love uh, no, the take that they gave. No, Lily? What about the trucker? He didn't like the trucker? He was eating sandwiches and then he, he tried to did a sexual assault on Claire? <sighs> Like, I get it was the 90s, but even then it wasn't yeah. right. So, like, come on, man. <laughs> what a distracting thing. Well, because, like, you were even saying it could have been a scene where the trucker just goes in on his own and Claire just kind of yeah. maybe comes in. Like separately. in the remake. Yeah. Like, exactly but like I think that. at that point they wanted to be, no. well, Claire, like, you know, reunites with Chris, then gets his motorcycle, and then goes to the RPD. Yeah. But, yeah, it's this weird scene where they're listening to, like, 90s alt rock and he's touching her and then he yeah touches her leg yeah by the way we, we want to be specific about what happens here. yeah and, and then he hits a girl incidentally not claire a girl outside yeah, of the with his truck because she's obviously zombified because we as an audience know that there is something wrong in raccoon <sighs> and i'm still raccoon. not even really sure what is going on in raccoon because the movie doesn't really do a good enough job at explaining yeah. it but you know he has like, this girl I, I, and people have been sick for like weeks or like days it's like very not specified yeah they're showing kind of like residual effects of sickness because like you get Mm. these characters that show up and they look like they're kind of going through chemo they're missing their hair there's one character that looks like the curse of deborah logan just (laughs) all patchy and just that's when claire's in his in in chris's house right yeah which i like their interactions i like their Chris basically they set up Claire as being like yo you're kind of a hard ass and he's he's in disbelief at how she broke into his home and Mm -hmm. he was he was like that was a deadbolt who the fuck (laughs) picks a deadbolt I got a good laugh out of that actually a lot of their interactions like really kind of 
worked for me they and, were good. and made me laugh or warm my heart. Because, like, they're the emotional core of the story, right? Mm-hmm. Especially starting in the kind of, like, prologue moments of, like, oh, yeah, we're setting up that they were in this orphanage together. And then, you know, the reason she even came back was to warn Chris of the conspiracy, right? Look out for this conspiracy, yeah. brother. Have you heard of the T-virus, Chris? Watch this VHS. This man is all teeth. Yeah, and even then, like, when she tells him that, like, she, yeah. she's like, oh, yeah, we that we hit somebody. She's like, you were involved in a hit and run? Like, you gotta report this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's really funny. And she's like, what are you gonna do, Chris, arrest me? <laughs> it's just like, I don't know, they just have a really good pit for Pat. I liked it. Yeah. it it's sad that the movie breaks them up almost, like, immediately, mm-hmm. right? Well, then the games never give us <laughs> them together except for Code Veronica, which is sad. But it was cool. Um... So we're introduced to stars members as well. Mm-hmm. So we have God. What is her name as uh, Jill? I will look it up. Keep that open. <laughs> I have it right up on my Keep phone. Keep that wiki open. So Hannah John came in as Jill Valentine. So the the thing about this movie, like I was saying with Cowboy Bebop, is there are a lot of reinterpretations of characters, right? Sure. Like they all feel like kind of just shadows of like what we know these characters of say for chris and clara i feel like they nailed the essence of those the most where it's like jill in this is like wisecracking she's kind of a badass yeah like and we get that in like resident evil 3 fingers yeah is the joke with her which i love we get that in like resident evil 3 and especially remake with her but i don't get that feel from her from the first resident evil game no she's no one in the first resident evil game she's not a character yeah so they really just kind of built up this this character that is like kind of a sharpshooter kind of like you know fucks around in ways that other people won't makes people yeah. nervous makes people nervous it's really flirty <laughs> with wesker you know all, yeah all oh yeah yeah claire has a line about that like still yeah. holding on that torch huh jill yeah and then you get tom hopper in that scene as as wesker yeah. who you know it's interesting because like he's supposed to be what the captain of stars right not in this movie yeah but he's not because he they, like, they all seem like they report to irons yeah exactly right? he feels yeah. like very much on the level of everybody else but like his his character is like super subdued and that's kind of the thing right like you're not supposed to know mm. that wesker like is the one who turns on everybody else sure. inevitably um but i i like the way they play his character until i lose sense of his motivation yeah <laughs> which happens like halfway through the movie where i'm like wait why why is Wesker doing what well, he's the bit, doing? So, like, it's in the games, it's like a double-cross weird thing where, like, you initially think he's working for Umbrella, mm-hmm. and he even says, I am working for Umbrella, and this has all been, like, uh, subjecting the Star's members to the horrors of the mansion to gather data. Yeah. Because he's like, look how beautiful this tyrant is. Look at his arms. Yeah. It's amazing, right? And then he gets... I want to kiss moved. those muscles. And then we find out he was a double agent where he's like, no, I was always going to take down Umbrella. And it's like, yeah, that's a retcon. Fuck you. Don't act like that was a real thing. I the, mean, the games don't have like a consistent Wesker. You get the sense that he's like working with somebody because he has yeah. a palm pilot. <laughs> yeah, but in this one, he's not even evil. He's just yeah. like, oh, I wanted enough money to get the fuck out of this town. Yeah. It was his whole motivation, mm-hmm. which is realistic because mm-hmm. it's like, this place sucks. There's not even a fucking Starbucks. <laughs> like this place sucks <laughs> like what do you do fish i guess <laughs> anyway i wouldn't want to fish in the fucking irradiated raccoon city lake right that water is bad it's people bad are bleeding for, out of their eyes it's man bad for everybody except the stars unit because like they're, they're i guess getting better water because they, they all do like sit-ups and shit because they have nothing to do why why do you have an elite group of cops <laughs> that's hanging out like at a local light cafe empty city <laughs> Like, so Stars was a stretch to begin with yeah. in, in the Resident Evil lore, because it was just like, you have plenty of cops otherwise in your weird monolism, uh, monolism, what's the word? 
mausoleum of a police station Mm -hmm. but uh yeah in this movie i'm just like i'm bewildered are you the cops (laughs) they're the quote alpha unit and i'm like there's nothing alpha about this team they just hang out and they crack jokes and they pick on leon a bunch pick on leon okay so almost blew his head off yeah as a joke what was she doing she was shooting like oh uh they put like a can on his head or something yeah yeah yeah. and he's like no with the fucking nerf gun what are you doing so (laughs) some good bits they set up leon in this in this cafe scene as kind of like the town idiot right like he's a lush he (laughs) he's something right i mean he's he's the rookie cop right but it feels like he doesn't even want to be a cop in this movie Um, he's just like holding down the fort because like nobody else is we literally don't have a conversation with leon about like what's your deal dude like nothing right and i just played resident evil 2 and like in the game he's like i've i joined to help people yeah that's not what this leon's about he's sleeping it almost just feels like he he fell into it because all all of his friends went away to college to yeah. a different midwestern town they went to fucking like college in the city they went to this like <laughs> fucking uh college in chicago or whatever right. and he's just like i guess i'm gonna be a lifer i'll be a cop yeah i'm gonna wear blue and like so there's like a kind of like stoicism with leon at times there's also kind of like a determination to be like that like you know golden boy you know do the right thing and you get none of that with with yeah, with this, with this interpretation, like he is kind of a bumbling idiot. Yeah, and everybody treats him like that. Yeah, and it like just it feels so weird because like even in that interpretation, like you mm-hmm. hope by the end, he gets like a redeeming moment where like he kind of turns around, and you're like, fuck yeah, Leon's awesome. And it's just like, not really. He no. learns how to use a tram and he uses a rocket launcher, incidentally, and that's yeah. really it. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, uh I think that's gonna piss off fans. Like, I don't really care that much. I'm not you can't get Leon wrong in my book because there's like four different versions of Leon uh, across the games. Yeah. But... I, I mean, you could say that about all the characters, right? Like, yeah. They're remixed so heavily even across the main timeline where we right. have like, what, five different versions of Chris Redfield. That's why I'm not like <laughs> mad about some of the interpretations of these characters. Yeah. Like, that's not what matters. What matters is that they did kind of a limp dick job of telling the story of raccoon the horror of umbrella mm-hmm. it's all very um schlocky yeah and don't get me wrong there is a fine coat of cheese in the games but i gotta tell you if you're using like re2 remake as the basis that game's pretty fucking like straightforward with this horror in fact yeah. some of it's really impactful and the fact that this movie doesn't even like capture like half of that in the bag is <laughs> is rough well like the main problem for me is like it does a great job at being a tone piece, right? It's mm. like, okay, yeah. it, it gets the... It I- looks the part. Yeah, it gets the idea of these moments and settings right, but what it does with it is kind of hand-fisted at times. Yeah. But it's like almost like a two-hour movie with like five hours worth of ideas. It shoves so much into it without really having much meaning. And or it, doing anything with it. Yeah, and it would have been better served as like, you know, we were talking about this afterwards. Like, it should have been two movies, right? Two like, movies or a series. Yeah, you should have had one movie. Especially and, with this budget. And then maybe like six months to a year later, <laughs> yeah. do the follow-up, you know? Yeah. and Would have been a cool two-parter. Yeah. Like, if you set up the same cast and all that stuff, maybe something like that, right? Mm-hmm. But as it is, like I said, it just diminishes the stories as we know them. And the story that they do tell doesn't really fucking gel that well mm-hmm. it's like okay again like my my sense of geography is completely fucked up in this movie because here here's what happens in the course of this mm-hmm. uh we have 
One group of characters goes into the woods to go find a weird manor because Bravo Team, who has been reduced from having their own helicopter to just having a Jeep. <laughs> which kind of is what happens in the first game, right? They go to the Arkley Mountains yeah, to that find happens the Bravo in the first game. Unit, which is like, okay, that works. They have a copter, though. Yeah. They have the money for a copter. But in this one, they're like, they have one Jeep. Yeah. And then we have uh, Claire, who is basically, well, after Chris dips, I don't know what she's up to. Like, what is her motivation to just figure out more stuff? She ends up on the like on the RPD path. Well, she goes sure there to, I guess, both find Chris and seek refuge because she sees like the the thing that happened with Deborah Logan, where like oh yeah, Deborah Logan shows was up was like oh itchy scratchy or okay, itchy first tasty of all, or whatever. Why would you do that? <laughs> why would she do that? Yeah. Why like I, I get the reference to the game, yeah. but like that was literally somebody slowly losing their mind and writing it out in a journal. Yeah, that is found by one of the stars members. Yeah, in this one, she's like. I'm going to make some art on this window. In in blood, on the window. And it it feels, again, like one of those moments where fucking Johan Roberts is just like looking at the camera and winking, where it's like, you know you love this shit. And it's like, no, it doesn't make sense. But it doesn't make sense. That's the problem. I'm just like, but this doesn't make sense here. And this doesn't make sense. And it's also a really bad setup for a zombie attack. I guess it's like if you're trying to show like the uh, de-evolution of the townspeople, sure, right? But it feels like a weird like hillbilly ambush more than it does like a zombie attack that's the thing we don't have a good like zombie setup attack where like somebody like who's been bleeding from the eyes like suddenly turns snaps and tries to bite somebody just give us that give us the classic i'm gonna bite you and i can't control it moment in this one deborah logan's like fucking with claire (laughs) why and then her the deborah logan's son breaks into the home Mm -hmm. hides underneath the table and steals a line from sherry birkin Mm -hmm. (laughs) and says like you need help yeah okay It was so bewildering. Anyway, Claire gets to the RPD, and she's chilling with... She meets with Leon. I do love when Deborah Logan jumps through the glass. What was that? That doesn't make sense. What are you doing? So we got leaping zombies in this movie? The fuck? Oh, my God. But, like, not... If if she's super zombie, then she'll just be slow. But Mm -hmm. until then, she's going to be leaping through things. Gotcha. She's going to be breaking furniture, apparently. (laughs) But, yeah, so these two planes of action happen. We got the Spencer Estate, and we have the RPD stuff going on. And the RPD feels really significantly small despite the fact that they got the outside right Mm -hmm. but like remember the scene where leon's like chilling at the receptionist desk and it's like it looks like just a really tiny version of the one from the game yeah you have like the kind of pan up of like the the statue right like it's an angel statue right i think in the movie it's different in the movie yeah also it's gigantic but like that's all you really get like you just get this kind of centered shot of that and like you get some exploration of like the rooms you get like the stars room where they're all hanging out in yeah goofing off and one um and then you get like irons office but like that's there's how many rooms in that his office is like just a normal yes i was looking for like like like, it looks like um a marshalling yard where you got to show up and be like hey man i got some cargo can you sign this off and you go into somebody's little tiny office that's what his office looks like i was looking for like the fucking taxidermy and nothing and I mean, no, there's, you, no, there's not even a reference to that. You get a bunch of other rooms that are attached to like the fucking uh, garage where it's yeah. like, oh, yeah. Oh, that would be where like the shooting range is or this room yeah, is. No, and it's, it's like all... it's just quick like, oh, okay. I think there's two rooms in that entire police station. Yeah. Uh, oh, and a jail because we get Ben Bertolucci mm-hmm. uh, thrown in the jail at a certain point and he's hanging out with a zombie down there. I remember that. But yeah, there isn't really a consistent story to tell here. The only thing that like tries to cobble the plot together is birkin's presence Mm -hmm. like birkin's the thing and it's like you don't even like our characters don't even really know that they're quote-unquote after him Mm -hmm. he just happens to be embroiled in it and also some of this is his fault 
right? Mm-hmm. Although it's never specified that, like, oh, hey, an outbreak occurred, A, like in the games, like mm-hmm. by accident, because that was a catalyst in the games. Birkin's death and transformation is how Raccoon got infected. It wasn't like Umbrella actively trying to poison the well for fun. Mm-hmm. That is one of their base of operations. And it was super lucrative for the townspeople that worked for Umbrella as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were so many people. It's almost like in this made that, sense. Right? Like, because Irons was in on it, Birkin yeah. was in on it, Wesker. Like, yeah, a literal conspiracy. <laughs> the one that they talk about in this movie that isn't actually a conspiracy. <laughs> They're just actively poisoning water, I guess. Yeah, it's it's a weird thing where it's like you you kind of have the motivation of Claire's like kind of hunch, right? Especially yeah. from what she's been feeded from Ben, what she's been fed Bertolucci. from Ben, and then what she's kind of seen happen. On the outskirts, like, you know, when they hit the person, when the fucking hillbillies crash the door. But, like, you're kind of just really along for her ride. And Mm -hmm. even when they go to, like, you know, the mansion to fucking find the Bravo team, like, I feel like that's where the slow mystery starts to really unravel in the game at least yes okay cool we get to this point but like wesker stumbles on birkin we're all stumbling on the conspiracy stumbles in a way that just feels like we just needed to get there well talk about get there apparently there's fucking wormholes in raccoon city because for some reason you can go to the orphanage and that will take you to the underground where Birkin's at. But if you're also in the Spencer estate, seemingly inches away, you can also get to the underground where Birkin is. Yes, I read the Wikipedia. It yeah. said they both are connected for how, some reason. How far are the Arkley Mountains from, like, the main city? Far! Yeah, I would imagine, you know. They're the outskirts. Literally, it starts with the intro of Resident Evil from 1996. The outskirts of Raccoon City. What the fuck, dude? How do you just, like, take a jaunt between both? like it's all just so convenient and cheap mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm just like so what's going on so we so they go to the spencer estate right to like mm-hmm. investigate see where bravos they find an actual amount of zombies mm-hmm. and the sad thing about this is that um we had an opportunity to bring it back to the romero zombies you mm-hmm. know with this reboot kind of like how even the games do like the slow unnerving almost nearly invincible zombies except for headshots and instead it's literally almost like the first time we encounter zombies in the 2002 movie which is just a bunch of lab coat wearing motherfuckers that are played by dancers and are like wait really snarling and oh yeah always (laughs) dancers are great at like moving their body the right way to be horror and freaky i i mean that makes sense yeah Yeah, we've seen that happen a lot we saw that with malignant where that person was like a contortionist and dancer i think in the original (laughs) credit to the original resident evil but like one of the one of the people was able to like dislocate their leg to effectively do that effect where it looks like they have a broken leg they're walking on oh that's cool so they actually dislocate it it's fucking (laughs) crazy nobody's dislocating anything except for the plot from the events of the film this dislocated my belief that any of it happened (laughs) in a sensical way but it was the same so it's snarling zombies uh that are super fast yeah and it was just like ugh let, let's let's talk about the zombie monster design. Oh, they're we'll, bad. we'll work our way through each monster design as it happens. But do you, do you mm. think they nailed it? They looked or... like they uh, utilized the makeup department at Halloween Horror Nights in order to make their zombies. That's a rough statement because I feel like Halloween Horror Nights has some good fucking makeup and prosthetics. They do, but you can tell like it's not real, yeah. right? Like none of this made me feel like oh that's a fucked up undead person. Mm-hmm. I was just like that's a guy. Yeah. <laughs> And they do the thing that, like, I I think I liked at first and then it lessened over time where they kind of make the eyes, like, milky kind of cataracts. Where I'm like, why is that our visual indicator that these are zombies? The milky cataracts? Yeah. Um, I like milky cataracts for zombos. I didn't think this movie did it enough. Mm. I thought they were too alive in the eyes. Okay. 
fair. I feel differently about that because um, I hated our 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 remake of um of the zombie like turnaround when he's eating Enrico. Oh, I feel opposite about that. I thought they did it poorly. I was just like, ugh, this doesn't look that good. That was a scene from the trailer that I was like, oh yeah, I really like this. And yeah, I don't like. Uh, you know, the thing is like you're you're taking it from like a, a cut scene from like 1996 yeah. and then what like 2002 when they did the remake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like. They do it a bunch in all the games. They, yeah, they do it a bunch, but I was like, oh, this, it felt like as close as they were going to get it, really. There's um, a way you could have done it. But, like, every <laughs> zombie we see after that, I was just kind of like, oh, these zombies kind of suck. They kind of suck, and there's not that many. Like, throughout the whole movie, there's not many zombies. So, what, what do you think is the turning point, right? Because, like, in the RPD, we have the, the, the yeah. townspeople that are... Poisoned by the water supply. That Drinking are, too much water. That are storming the gate. Hydrated but, assholes. But are not zombies. And then yeah. you have the people in the mansion who are zombies. So, yeah. so why do they activate? Yeah, what is it? Do they die and then come back as zombies? Is that what it's supposed to be? I, I think it was because we got to the page in the script where they are suddenly zombies. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. This yeah. is my problem with this fucking film. <laughs> where it's like they don't build anything yeah. up appropriately. Like the the buildup is so messy at the beginning of just like, you're in a truck and then we run over this. Well, and then the dog gets sick. The trucker's dog gets sick, Daniel. Hold on. <laughs> the, the girl they hit was just probably a normal girl who was probably sick, right? And then maybe, and she left a blood pool, and then the trucker's dog decided yeah. to lick it up, and then it got sick, had fucking boogers come out of his eyes. Okay, <laughs> and then it bit him, and then he crashed his truck. Like we got a really like convoluted way to <laughs> the, the scene with the dog and the trucker after Claire's yeah. already kind of gone on her way. The dog looks like it's doing mind control on the driver from the backseat. Because we get these shots where, like, they do three of them where it's like, the dog is just staring intently, but not doing anything else. It's just, he's controlling the trucker's like, mind. you go to the PD, you crash that truck, you cause chaos. He was he was actually being controlled by Ada Wong. Yeah. <laughs> That's what had happened. Yeah, it, it, it's uh, not a, like... Take Resident Evil out of the equation. It's like not a great zombie movie setup. The sure. zombies literally matter so little in this. And I get it. I get it. In great zombie media, it's not about the zombies. It's mm-hmm. about the characters. But they could have been anything. They could have been a fucking flock of birds or mm-hmm. alligators that attacked the town, like in the hit movie Crawl. <laughs> like the zombies didn't matter here. There's no outbreak to speak of. It just happened to be where like some zombies show up and there's some zombies over at the Spencer estate. That's it. There's two ways you could have done it right you could have done it in like the opening credits right Mm -hmm. where it's like there's a prologue thing that happens where maybe this explains the initial outbreak and then you have the credits where it's like oh shit this isn't happening over time where you set up the idea Mm -hmm. that the outbreak or the experiments of umbrella are happening rather than setting up this idea that Claire has this fucking phantom friend that haunts her at the orphanage <laughs> that later shows up and is and saves the day. Which is like not like, a clean intro to the world of Resident Evil. It's no. a very confusing. It's almost like a it flashback no that should have happened later. It should not have been the intro of it the just, film. It just sets up the idea that the trailer said where it's like Claire sees monsters and that's why like I, why her because her brother is gaslighting her at a young age doesn't want to believe it anyway it's, it's all confusing yeah so like the 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 execution of the outbreak and like how we get there is he's just... getting frustrated talking about this movie well, 
because <laughs> it's like it's a mess it's, it is yeah. it's like a mess of like like weird plot elements with like setup that doesn't pay off or pay off before the setup <laughs> but for me like it's somehow better executed than any of the paul ws anderson movies where like yeah. <laughs> so that that's the thing i'll give it credit for which is like at least it looks and acts like a horror movie even if it is a bit convoluted and it doesn't end up doing enough with its characters for as many characters that it has jill besides being a spitfire has very little to do in the plot in the story leon is relegated to a comic relief for like a couple of shots but he doesn't really matter it's really just like a couple of shots dude every shot he's in yeah, he's, he's, he he's, falls asleep at the <laughs> desk and a fucking trucker blows up his truck like 12 feet from him i don't remember if he woke up for that <laughs> no fucking donald luke comes in is like wake up leon <laughs> why are you sleeping rookie idiot dumb bitch <laughs> so stupid yeah donald has more to do as irons than leon does in this film it's really fucking funny but i will say however it makes more sense than the cloning saga the clone wars of alice uh that is what six movies are about is that (laughs) we've been trying to make the perfect woman for some reason (laughs) and we've cloned her forever and literally the apocalypse happens in you guessed it the second film Mm -hmm. resident evil apocalypse and it's like, how do you go up from the end of the world and the movie somehow figured out convoluted, stupid answers, which is what if there were a billion different umbrella laboratories all re- replicating the, the famous events of the first movie mm. of like the, the hallway laser sequence happens no less than three times in that series. It happens wow. multiple times. Yeah, it's a weird techno action thriller thing. It's well, not horror. To his credit, yeah. at least we get a laboratory. We don't even fucking get a laboratory. We start with we, the laboratory. We get a room. We got a fucking what was that? <laughs> it was like something at the end of a tunnel? It was like a locker room at the end of the tunnel where Birkin stuffed his first of all, Birkin is like working on a body that's like gyrating, <laughs> chest open and like his young daughter and his wife are there and they're just like hey what's going on and then oh wesker comes and starts shooting up the place my dude was like i saw a family and i started blasting <laughs> like he fucking kills he, he shoots a net birkin straight in the face <laughs> what sherry birkin who hasn't had a single line until now goes please don't shoot anybody else <laughs> what a ridiculous thing dude <laughs> I don't understand it. First of all, that pisses me off. Sherry is like the emotional core of RE2 for Claire's story. Mm-hmm. Claire's just angry and has nothing in this movie. Mm-hmm. Except, can we talk about the orphanage sequence? Can we? Oh, yeah, please. I would love to talk about this orphanage sequence. So this is happening simultaneous to like what's going on with the alpha unit at the the mansion right. where it's like zombie outbreak is happening where fucking zombies are happening cool fucking richard aiken with his long hair gets eaten like an idiot <laughs> so richard aiken is like yeah. is he like even a main proponent in the first game i forget of course yeah he is the man that either in chris's campaign gets swallowed yeah. by a shark or in jill's campaign gets swallowed by a giant snake okay so one or the other and he gives you a really cool shotgun if he dies Okay. It behooves you to have him die. And then you have Vickers, who fucking... Chicken shit Vickers. Who gets bit while he's just chilling in the helicopter, listening to Four Non Blonde. Who bit him? Just a a, a zombie showed up. Zombie that was hanging out in the forest, because they're everywhere, right? Literally, there's like five opportunities in this film to show another monster from the Resident Evil movies, Mm -hmm. and they just chose like just some random... There was a forest zombie, (laughs) right? Like, we don't get hunters. 
We don't get fucking Chimera. We don't get any we of the bosses. We don't get Crimson Heads, which would have been a rad scene to have a Crimson Head would fucking you... flip out at okay. them. But would you think this movie could competently pull off giant spiders or sharks in a way that really feels like it is in place? What's funny is the movie's <laughs> schlocky enough to like do it, uh, and instead it isn't. Like it doesn't do it. It's, uh, the way it does it is like let's have an escalation of infected people to zombies to experiments to people becoming monstrosities and like that right. kind of visual escalation makes sense right like sure. you have the outbreak that's happening at the mansion and then when we flip you know over to we'll call it uh claire's campaign as she's like claire's hanging campaign. out uh, with leon and trying flipping to fucking, claire a yeah, leon b's there. over here oh this must be leon f because he's boring so it's her Leon and Irons, yeah. uh, and they're like, "We gotta go. The we gotta get out of here." <laughs> the, the whole, the, yeah, the holy, holy trinity, trinity right that the there. Sing about, yeah. and they end up at the the orphanage, which at least they get like the front side of it right, where it yeah. has like the painted it's like the same painted giraffe again. and elephant. There's no orphanage things. in the original Resident Evil Two, by the way. Just as a quick aside. Oh, they made that for the remake. Yeah, oh, it's all okay. remake stuff. Interesting. Again, so it's like, yeah, you're this guy just played like RE2 yeah. remake and just just started like taking shit from that. But uh, I I will say, however. When we get into the orphanage, we get uh, the liquor. Mm-hmm. And the liquor setup is brilliant. Because, like, you have these fucking fluorescent lights hanging off of, like, the rafters. Mm-hmm. And you don't see the liquor at first, but you know something's on the roof. Leon's looking up. And it's, like, pushing through the lights. And they're yes. moving one by one. And as an audience member who's a fan of Resident Evil, yeah. I know what the you, fuck's Yeah, we knew what was down. coming. And it was so cool to see that, like, happen in a very subtle way. But... They fucking shoot themselves in the foot by being like, isn't that creepy? Look to the left. Lisa Trevor in her weird fucking skin suit just standing there looking at Leon. And Leon's like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> so we haven't really talked about Lisa Trevor's like costume and, and monster yeah. design. Do you think they kind of nailed that no. idea? Of, like the multi-face kind of ma- mask feel? No, it was terrible looking. Okay. I was confused at what I was looking at. It was, I was like, this isn't very good. Like, it it was kind of reminiscent of the game design, but it, like, she was, like, really... Well, for one, she was a child originally. Yeah. And then, and then I'm confused. So, she's wearing her mother's face in the original. Yeah. Right? Or she's wearing multiple people. Like, she's, like, Leatherface, yeah. right? Because, like, whatever she is hiding is some sort of monstrosity. You don't ever really quite see Lisa Trevor, like, dead on. Mm-hmm. But you can imagine she's probably terrible because in the original, uh, or the remake, Resident Evil Remake 1... She has been experimented on for decades mm-hmm. and has been trapped in the Spencer grounds for as long, like, like 60 Kind years. of in like this cave system, right? Right, yeah. cave system, basically. <laughs> and in this one, she's a little girl wearing someone's skin? Yeah. Hanging what? Hanging out at an orphanage in her tent. No explanation, like, for what's going on or why she's there other than, like, Birkin runs experiments on children's, I guess. Yeah, like, that's kind of our, our yeah. visual takeaway and what we kind of find out later mm-hmm. with the, the Ashford twins, where it's like, okay, obviously, like, Birkin is, like, doing experiments and things here. But, sure. like, for people who are unfamiliar with, like, Resident Evil, like, yeah. Lisa Trevor no probably sense. made no sense in this movie. And even as somebody who know like, two people who know the franchise... Yeah. It makes no sense. Yeah, it doesn't make <laughs> like, any sense. But like, so they could have removed her entirely. And so we completely fine. undercut the liquor reveal mm-hmm. by bewildering us with Lisa Trevor as an yeah. adult, and then the liquor uh, grabs Donald Luge. Yeah, which is pretty cool. And cuts him up and whatnot. Yeah, right. Which is great. It's yeah. great shit. He has these gashes on him. You're like, right. holy shit, that's crazy. You got and then, choked. And then we get a fight scene. Claire and Leon versus the liquor. They're getting their asses kicked because the liquor's fucking like ace. And then suddenly. Yeah, wait, wait, what's going on? You got a problem here? 
so at this it's before this point where like doesn't lisa trevor kind of like make a motion of like shh as if like she knows the liquor's there yeah. and it can hear them sorry so my she, mind was on fire <laughs> during this moment yeah she does kind of an indicator to just be like don't make too much noise yeah <laughs> which we never learned that about the li- again again he's a fan of the games and doesn't explain the cool things about the games the liquor is blind yeah the liquor is blind and uses sound to find you. Give me literally anything. Give me one chase sequence throughout the orphanage where, like, they have to hide sneaking around skulking. No. We get 23 seconds yeah. with this fucking thing because that's all they can afford to put on say, film. To, to do a chase scene through the orphanage would have been to jack up the Give budget by 10 something. million. And instead, they were like, how do we wrap this up? Oh, uh, let's get the freak in. And then fucking Lisa Trevor, like... Does some WWE shit on the liquor and snaps its goddamn yeah, head. She goes Brock Lesnar on it, fucking puts it in a chokehold and kills it. And it's like, okay, that that's the one liquor. And, and she goes up to Claire, recognizing Claire as being the little girl that was petrified of her years ago, and says, "Claire, friends." <laughs> and i i almost died i was like my my mind went from like 400 degrees to 600 (laughs) there were a few moments in this movie where i looked at you to just kind of see what your reaction was because like you you are the resident evil fan like that's your favorite franchise resident evil is your favorite game yeah and i would i was both excited and horrified to see your reaction in certain moments and this one was where i was like what's kevin thinking here yeah it wasn't uh it wasn't great. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I was super excited to hear that Lisa Trevor was being uh, added to the film adaptation like before. And I was like, yo, finally, this is somebody who gets it. Like one of the scariest elements of remake, one of the scariest elements of the franchise. Yeah. Of the fact that like this victim become one, one of the scariest monsters like in the series. Yeah. And not originally like in the original game, right? No. Yeah. She Lisa Trevor's only part of the remake and actually makes the stories better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it's one of those things where it's like it transcends the normal schlock of Resident Evil to actually be effective horror. Mm-hmm. That's why I was excited. I was like, oh, somebody gets like the horror elements of this. And then in this, it's like just a silly, goofy thing that was almost reminiscent of how they treated uh, Pyramid Head in Silent Hill Revelation, mm-hmm. where he gets into a fucking like one on one fight with like the main antagonist of that that movie for some reason yeah have you seen this shit no the movie ends with like a one-on-one monster fight like freddy versus jason style oh wow that's what happened here (laughs) yeah she kind of just becomes this like plot device to save the day and it would have been so much cooler to see claire and leon work together and leon have his moment of like becoming a bit of a hero and them conquering the liquor but instead you have this stupid fucking scene yep where Lisa Trevor saves the day and says, Claire, friend. And it's just... Claire, like, friend. It, the thing is, like, you're saying, like, Lisa Trevor is built into the remake as, like, this effective horror monstrosity. And yeah. the encounters with her are scary. She's somebody that you have to kind of run away from. And I forget if you actually kill her. No. Uh, well, uh, I guess you just... You evade. indirectly. You yeah. can kill her or uh, you do something where she ends up, like committing suicide but she's like a like minor character friend in this and it makes no sense she's a friendly goblin and it just it's kind of like i was saying before where it's like this if they had set this up as like resident evil one is its own movie yeah they could have done something completely different with her something cool that would have been way more 
meaningful and felt more real to you know why she was even in the game well i mean overall the script would have had a more focused story if we if we were introduced to the world of umbrella through the guise of the mansion incident right yeah. which is like something that the movies have never got because we skipped over that bullshit yeah paul w sanderson acted like those events were happening in parallel and then we find out in the sequels that like oh that never happened fuck that shit there's no spencer estate there's no oswald spencer fuck all these things wesker is suddenly a bad guy even though he has no fucking grounding mm-hmm. with the characters uh alice at all like what well, whatever um so i i thought i think it would have been cool if like our setup for the mystery of umbrella and the conspiracy of umbrella is the thing that works so effectively for years in the games and the books and what have you right like just show us this house of terrors where we're like why is this happening what's going on with a small intimate cast and evolving it into this downward spiral of like Mm -hmm. oh there's something underneath this right perfect and then lead into a sequel with more money because that would have been an effective story where we get the re2 we deserved mm-hmm. instead we get this weird collision of like here's cosplayers walking around and posing at the camera have a few cg effects and um also we have no explanation for why the liquor is here or what it is by the way <laughs> i guess you just kind of get the sense that it's probably another one of birkin's experiments gone wrong maybe i don't know like is it supposed to be one of the kids like we didn't see a lab in the orphanage we didn't see anything but we find out that there's some sort of tunnel that goes to his quote-unquote laboratory which looks like a locker room yeah that i don't know how they arrived to this point that I, maybe it's lisa trevor kind of indicates like this is you know how hmm Gives her the precinct keys. Oh, yeah, exactly. Just all the keys on a little fucking keychain. Goes, another, here you go, Claire. Another silly nod where Claire only actually only uses one of the uses keys. one of the keys. Overkill. Where <laughs> at least like with Wesker's plot of like kind of going to the underground uh, lab and everything. Underground room, I'll say. <laughs> is like, you know, he's His being... His locker gui- room, dude. He's been being guided <laughs> by this mysterious like party. We really don't even know who it is, right? And he's being told the entire time okay, you have until 6 a.m. and then we're nuking the town, basically. Mm-hmm. And I actually like the, the framing of the way it, the movie does it, where it does, like, kind of timestamps, where it's, like, midnight, 1.30, 12.15, and it yeah. kind of progresses to that hour where it's, like, shit's about to go down. I do, I do, I did like yeah. that, and that actually felt very Carpenter. Yeah. In fact, the inspiration for this film is Assault on Precinct 13, mm. which, like, when you watch it, you're like, oh, yeah, it is. Not the remake. Not the oh, remake. I was gonna say, what the dog, fuck? Dog, <laughs> No, the original is literally, like, the criminals that are, like, uh, raiding this precinct. It's not even 13, by the way. It's mm. actually District 13, but the... Okay. They decided to call it Assault on Precinct 13 because it was a catchier title. Um, they are basically zombies with guns. Oh. Like the criminals like literally are just like flooding into it and going like, I need to do violence. <laughs> they're not infected. There's no story for why they're like that. Just that they are a bad guy and evil. Mm-hmm. And like this movie does almost the same thing where it's like, oh, there's just things coming at us and we need to figure out something together. <laughs> That's interesting. I had no yeah. idea there was an original and that the one that came later was a remake. Yeah. John Carpenter okay. uh, cool. directed the original. I'm a learned woman. The, uh, it has an egregious scene where um, a grown man uses a magnum to just gun down a little girl. And we don't even get a cutaway dog. Like she's literally standing there and then <laughs> like her chest just explodes. That's intense. It, it's intense. John Carpenter didn't give a fuck back in the day. Yeah. All right. And in this one, we get Lisa Trevor smashing a liquor. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, by the way, the Wesker thing with his Palm Pilot, by the way. I love that he looks at it and says, what is this? And it says Palm Pilot. Yeah. Um, (laughs) That, uh, I don't think it's intentional, but in the S.T. Perry novelization of the first game, 
the Umbrella Conspiracy, which had an actual conspiracy, unlike this film. Um, Jill is given a similar like map schematics of the mansion from uh-huh. a mysterious benefactor, and it has kind of inside knowledge of the mansion where she shouldn't. And it was supposed to be kind of like an explanation for why the characters are able to like you know use a map like in the game and stuff like that and chart mm-hmm. the entire mansion and that's how she knows to go to secret areas and shit uh I, I i don't think it's an intentional homage to that but i hope it is i hope this man has at least read the sd Ter- sd perry books mm-hmm. and asked himself why isn't the story half as good <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because like i i actually like the moments that like we're hanging out with Jill and Wesker, right? Because it's like the the madness is kind of like unraveling around them and we have Wesker kind of doing the things that we would be doing as like the main character, right? Like he sits down at the piano, he plays Moonlight Sonata, he unlocks like the the hidden door and it's all the stuff and it's like, oh, this is kind of interesting to kind of be alongside Mm -hmm. these two characters where it's like you you do not get that in the original game at all, right? Right. Wesker is there and then he fucking disappears. Yep. He's he's just doing stuff. Everybody's like, he's in one scene. Yeah, everybody's like, where's Wesker? They're like, oh, what happened to Wesker? What happened to Barry? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where's Rebecca? So people are like, who's Rebecca? <laughs> what? Who? <laughs> and Chris Chris meets her for the first time in the mansion for some reason. Mm-hmm. Completely confusing, by the way. Not in the movie. I mean, like in the, in the Is game. Is that true? They meet for the first time in the mansion? Yeah, it's really weird. I just played it, and, she, and he goes like, hi, I'm Chris Redfield. And it's like, huh. did she transfer in that day and go straight on this mission? Like, what the fuck? Okay, so she's also with uh, stars, right? Rebecca? Yeah. Yes. Okay. She's a part of the Bravo team. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, the Bravo team that got eviscerated in every version of the story. (laughs) We only get Enrico getting fucking eviscerated. And you don't know that it's Enrico until Chris goes, Enrico, no! Yeah, he's just all kind of fucked up and like just torn apart. (laughs) He's getting eaten. Yeah. Yeah, but... um. What else can we say about this film? Because I, it's one of those. This is one of those reviews where I don't have that much because it didn't leave that much of an impact on me. Right? What a sad, sad like, situation. Like we wanted to talk about Halloween Kills like a bunch. Like there's so such legacy to it, yeah. and the director loves loves the fucking lore. And there was such a good. It was such a good follow, or I should mm. say, we were following up such a good interpretation of the character. And it had such a good tagline: "Evil dies." Tonight. Evil dies tonight. This movie's tagline is Claire Friend. Claire Friend. And I just, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I left the the theater not being as offended by it as you were in the general audience. Uh, This movie is not getting good reviews. It's sitting at like a 27% on Rotten Tomatoes. And like, you know, people are not really loving it. But I just feel like it's it's a way better interpretation than we got with Paul W.S. Anderson. It just feels like too much, right? Right. Like... It could have been a very effective small horror story if they started yeah. with the mansion incident and build it. You start small and you build up from there, buddy. Don't try to do too but much. You e- trying to make the Avengers of Resident Evil movies? Yeah, but even if you did what you did, it still would have been fine. You could have just they needed to remove some things, right? If you're gonna do like an hour and fifty minute runtime, remove the characters that do not make sense there, right? Mm-hmm. You could still have the core cast of like we have Jill, Claire, Leon fucking chris you, you could what have, is his fucking... what, what's his name chris uh you could have all those people there you know just take out lisa trevor that at least gives us 10 Added minutes of, of runtime to work with something else yeah. right like you know maybe set up the conspiracy a bit more maybe set up the well, idea of a, a bit we more. didn't get enough time with the monsters to ever be afraid of them we didn't mm. get enough time with like cool zombie like action sequences or or like you know uh, cat and mouse sequences with like the liquor and stuff like that and we definitely got a like our 
boss battle was like two and a half minutes of the film that uh, I was just like, let's just move on. Like, what's going on here? Yeah. Birkin ends up becoming looking like um, Michael Rooker's fucking squid monster from Slither <laughs> with his fucking like my star like with his fucking long arm and whatever. Yeah. So what hap- What is his motivation in that moment? Right. Because Wesker count like corners them uh everybody like he knows that shit's about to go down so he injects himself with the g virus and he's hanging out with fucking uh annette and sherry mm-hmm. he gets shot annette goes to shoot wesker wesker shoots annette it's right in the head too he almost shoots sherry too right but then like who is it jill that comes out jill of shoots him in the neck yeah <laughs> and, and then and then wesker goes like i wouldn't have shot you kid <laughs> when you aimed a gun and killed her mom yeah immediately then, I, I i would say it's, it's it's in the realm of possibility that you might shoot me <laughs> and then you have him yep. you have a uh, birkin start transforming but why why did he do it because it's like why did he transform he so, injects himself with g-virus well no why did he inject himself oh because he's all? dying he got shot oh uh, was that the thing he was trying to save himself okay yeah. okay because right. like it's either i i die Mm-hmm. As a shot human with bulky arms, mm-hmm. or I become more than a god. So why did he take his family to the lab in the first place? I then? don't know. <laughs> yeah, is it like, oh, this is kind of like a bomb shelter and we'll survive down here? Like I don't Like I don't there's understand. twelve people that live in this city. You should not be worried about a zombie horde. Yeah. That's the thing. There wasn't like enough of a threat happening in the city for me to be like why are people like hiding or going to underground laboratories? Or, or, sorry, locker rooms. Why are they doing these things? Like you're not showing scenes of like, yo, it's totally unsafe up there. Like a few zombies show up and start knocking on the RPD cage, and maybe there's some zombie Doberman that they end up shooting in the parking garage, and that's about it, man. There's not really like that big of a threat. <laughs> it doesn't feel like a city under siege, yeah. which is what the games like were. You know, it's all, it's a bit rough. So here's the thing. You've compared it to uh, Paul W.S. Anderson's films. And I got to say, I think both are bad. Mm -hmm. But this is my kind of bad. Welcome to Raccoon City is closer to the kind of bad that I would accept. Mm -hmm. Where I was like, at least it vibes right. And it's kind of cool, like, seeing these characters realize in a way that isn't totally egregious. Instead of, like, they hired, like, a Swedish model to play Leon in in the W.S. Anderson films. Like, that's Mm -hmm. weird. Anderson, for some reason, he feels like a dude that's just very cynical about his audience. And so he plays to the cheapest seat imaginable. Mm -hmm. Those movies are like offensively bad. Like if they work on you, then you just don't give a shit (laughs) about what you like, what you watch. Right. Yeah. (laughs) For somebody who swears he loves video games as much as he does. I feel like he hates video games. I feel like he hates video (laughs) games. and I feel like he hates people. (laughs) I feel like he hates people that watch films for some reason. Yeah. Because, like, like, something fucked him over, and he just makes these just deeply cynical fucking Michael Bay-ish films. Like, he was... You saw Monster Hunter. He was a jock in high school or middle school. Not at all. And he got beat up by, like, nerds, gaming nerds. (laughs) This is his What a weird origin. This is his revenge story. He's just a skinny dude. (laughs) He's just some skinny dude that married up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's for sure but yeah his movies are just like deeply offensively bad as <laughs> because like they just think you're the he thinks his audience are just so stupid this movie doesn't think we're stupid it just happens to be stupid on its own <laughs> yeah I, I i'll give it credit where credit's due it's at least a consistent tone yeah and through line feel it's it, it it's it's actually a cohesive film if not a cohesive story like it works as a film because there's nothing that just like 
completely removes you from it. It's all just kind of either muted, disappointing, or doesn't land the way that it should, right? Because, unfortunately for Mr. Roberts, I have 25 years of interpretations of Resident Evil to pull from, mm-hmm. and there is this fucking, like, super version in my head of, like, I want what I want to see on a film. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately... That film costs closer to like a hundred million, mm-hmm. not twenty-five million, my friend. <laughs> so it feels unfortunate for like Resident <clears throat> Evil being like the best-selling like horror zombie franchise, and what what is it the best-selling Capcom franchise, or is that Monster Hunter? That's still? Monster Hunter right now. Yeah. I think overall, it's the best-selling franchise. I, I'm not sure. Like this series deserves so much more love on the silver screen than it than it gets, and it's just like. Come on, you could put money into this. Like, I don't understand why there isn't a studio that's like, let's put, like, actual money into it. Maybe it's because, like, we already got the Paul W.S. Anderson movies, but, like... A dynasty of those films, It just, by the way. And those are those are some of the most successful horror movies, right? Ever. But everything and about video this game movie movies as well, yeah. <clears throat> feels cheap. Yep. Like, every time a zombified thing, every time a dog is on screen, it looks bad. Like, looks bad. the zombified dog... Scene in the garage looked terrible. The, the Birkin monster in his final stage looks awful. Yeah, and it's like you have these like really cool like the concept art for these creatures probably looked really cool because obviously you're pulling from good source material. Yeah, but, but like I, the translation of screen just it feels really bad in execution. How do they, they? Well, they fucked up the Birkin monster though. I will say even the fucking concept art. I would say like why don't you just do the game? Mm. Like the, his design, like when he's like haunched over the dog version with yeah. the, the teeth coming out of his chest. That's amazing. That's a great design. Why did they give us this weird fucking, like, deviant from Eternals thing? Yeah. Well, you get, like, what? Like, kind of two and a half, three phases with it where, like, he's wisecracking Birkin, making fun of Chris. Where he's like, Chris, so stupid. Claire was always the smart one. We love Claire. You're an idiot. She was so smart. She knew about my conspiracy. No wonder you're about to die because you can't fucking read between the lines, you dumb Redfield bitch. Always a soldier boy. Exactly. (laughs) And then, like... Uh, he gets shot and then he starts kind of like mutating again. And like, yeah. there was an opportunity to make those kind of like stages feel like really crazy, but it just happens so fast, right? Mm-hmm. Like, even you could have had more of a cat and mouse scene with the Birkin monster and it would have been cool. Could have been anything. Could have been anything. Could have done anything. Instead, we get these kind of moments of like, okay, there's a Birkin monster. It's got the eyes because the video game has eyes. Let's shoot the eyes because that's how you take down the Birkin monster yeah. in the game. And then we get a final scene with it on the tram. Look, we did like, the eyes. Yeah, we did the eyes. I don't know. Yeah, and then fucking Leon shows up with the rocket launcher, which, apropos, that happens in every single one of the games. Rocket launcher, boss, done. Right? Mm-hmm. Cool. And the city implodes for some reason. Doesn't explode. Implodes. Yeah, it fucking, it sinks yeah. into the ground. Like, it's almost like the dude said, I never want to see another version of Nemesis on the screen. <laughs> like, we're not getting RE3 now. Fuck. No, we got to, like, a point in the movie where it's like, there was probably, like, 15, 20 minutes left, and I was like, I wonder if we're gonna get, like tyrant or like anything and it's like no they very much are clearly setting up the idea that like birkin is the big bad birkin is going to be the monster right and and then you're done that was i don't know it felt like so kind of like lackluster almost yeah well it was just too quick yeah like he he became a squid monster man for like two and a half seconds Mm -hmm. and i guess we shotgunned him Mm -hmm. and we're good to go and then he becomes giant CG monster where you see half of them because we can't afford to show you all of them and on a train, mm-hmm. which was very game appropriate, by the way. It looked like the train from the game. Sure. And um, that's it. That's all you got with him. 
He, he blew up a second ago. There wasn't even like a fight there. Like he grabbed Claire and you're like, oh, she's in trouble. And then it was just like rockets. <laughs> it was done. The movie is done at that point. Yeah. The movie's done at that point. I was like, oh my God. Wow. I guess we're, oh, we blew up raccoon. I mean, not that there was anybody there or much potential for a sequel. Yeah. That kind of sucks that like, even, even if this movie did well, yeah. which it's not right now, they could have set themselves up for at least a sequel to do a little bit more with it. Right. Yeah. Unless they kind of, I don't know, maybe peel back and they're like, all right, we're going to do a parallel story where like we focus on another character. But it's like, how are you even going to do that when you had all the main characters yeah. in this movie? All the characters we care about, you already <laughs> yeah. fucking made a movie about them, right? Yeah. And like, what if Jill comes back and she's like, oh, by the way, I was gone for like an hour because I had a whole other film over here. No, that, that would yeah. make no sense. Make, no. She, we know where she was the entire you know time. Exactly she was she making was. jokes. She was saying, ah, Jill sandwich for me. Yeah. You know, it, all this it, stuff. It, it sucks because like this movie tries, it tries to be as faithful to the games as possible, but it's only faithful faithful not in story but just like in visuals yeah and certain events and the problem with this if there is going to be a sequel which i completely doubt considering it only made 13 million of its 25 million budget this weekend mm-hmm. um well who knows maybe internationally it'll do okay but uh you have to do some sort of sequel to this film that just goes off the books because mm-hmm. you already went off the books <laughs> like immediately with this right but at least it's the characters. I'll give them that. They didn't make up some fucking new uh, Mary Sue for yeah, us to follow. There's, for six there's no Alice. There's no yeah. random character. So and like I guess you have. Maybe... And they didn't end the world by the sequel. No. So and like maybe you have the idea because like when we get into the makeshift underground lab, which I guess is supposed to be like Hive, right? Which... It's Nest. Oh, it's Nest. They call it Nest, okay. by the way, at the end of the movie, and I'm like, you're out of your mind. You you get the scene where Claire is kind of like looking through this book of like all the experiments that's been going on, right? Oh, yeah. And she sees the the all the dead kids and the stuff that happened with Lisa Trevor, and she starts she fucking starts tearing up the book, and she's really fucking like you see like so many different emotions happen on her face all at once. But like I think it's after that, right, where we get the video of like the Ashford twins, right? Yeah, from Code Veronica for whatever <laughs> sure fucking enough. reason, and like that might be the idea of like this is what we could do for a sequel, right? I don't know. How do you feel about the... So the director has gone on record that. saying that um, he is interested in either adapting Code Veronica as yeah. a sequel, which, kill me now, <laughs> uh, or RE4 in some capacity, which again uh, is like, well, what, with Leon? Yeah, I don't know. That's a huge jump from the bumbling fool uh, in this movie to like, he's the action star of the next one. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that this dude will get a chance. I don't know that this movie will get a sequel. It doesn't seem like it's reviewing well, and it doesn't seem like it's selling very well. It, it didn't do great. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we're just in for, like, another two years from now, we'll get another fucking reboot. Maybe they'll finally go back to, like, trying to remake uh, RE7 as a movie or some mm-hmm. shit. You know? Who knows? Well, we're getting two Netflix series, right? We're one. Oh, we're getting one? Okay. We're getting one that, again, is its own fucking continuity completely and isn't faithful to the games. Because Albert Wesker uh, has daughters, mm-hmm. which is not something from the games. And the daughters uh, will be... So it jumps in time between uh, when Albert Wesker is experimenting in a place called New Raccoon City. Mm-hmm. I guess we made a new one. And then to the post-apocalypse where his daughters are thriving and surviving. That's the plot. I need to see literally a trailer or something to figure out what that is. But yeah, that, that, that seems like its own okay. fucking headcanon thing, right? Who knows? Maybe, maybe, would it be weird if they try to... No, you know, I think what they do next, go back to the mansion. You have to do the mansion next. 
Like, give that a full cocked, like, attempt instead of trying to do RE1 and 2 again. Oh, man. I don't know. Well, what else would you do? If you can't make a sequel to this film, which I don't think they'll let them, unless it's direct to DVD. <laughs> yeah, I, maybe just lean into a different game, right? Do Resident Evil 7. 7? Yeah. Yeah, more than likely the Ethan Winter saga might, might see... Uh, because we at least have some sort of thing to work with Because, like, how many more, like, attempts at getting this right are we going to really try? Like, I don't know. I'm this tired. is supposed to be it. Th- this was... You, you <laughs> were supposed, supposed to, to be the chosen one. You were supposed to last us years. <laughs> <laughs> I was supposed to be wanting this and relishing it and picking it apart. And, like... Johan! This is the part here. It's, it's winks, it's nods, it's capturing set pieces and the feel of, yeah. of the franchise, but not really doing it with any real meaning. It's a lot of mood, not a lot of substance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. But... We got the mid-credit sequence set up for a sequel, bro. Yes. Wesker brought back from the grave by Ada Wong. So you were saying he, he's in a body bag. Yeah, uh, which is an homage to the um, to the start screen for Resident Evil Remake, mm-hmm. where if you let it idle, there's like a screen where like a body bag is on exactly the same shot. Body bag is on a gurney, and the body bag like starts raising up, and then somebody shoots it right in the head. Yeah. Which you have to imagine is one of the stars. Members. Okay. Yep. But you get... Albert Wesker, who wakes up in this body bag, and he's like, oh my god, I'm alive, or whatever the fuck. I'm alive and naked and buff. And then a voice happens off screen, a female voice. Voices happen, they can be female. It's revealed that's Ada Wong. In her trench coat. Hit character Ada Wong. Right. And why? And he's like, ah, it's so bright in here. This movie is blinding to me. Oh, yeah, she hands him the iconic (laughs) sunglasses, and you're like, oh my god. It looks so stupid. I did a facepalm, I'm like, are they really doing this? They're doing it, man. Why? Because Wesker's personality is the sunglasses. Yeah. So if, if they <laughs> if they jumped off of this, then yes, I can maybe get the idea that like the spawning point for a sequel would be Resident Evil Four or like, Code Veronica makes more sense actually because Wesker versus Chris is like a big motif of that game. Oh, is it really? Yeah. I know nothing about Code Veronica, even though I've seen you stream it, it like twice. Yeah. It's not great. Okay. It's like one of the worst ones. Okay. It's a very hokey story very jump the shark kind of story and yet fans love it mm. fans think it's like the basis for everything they love in the franchise and i'm like you're wrong i think it just has a cool name <laughs> yeah it has a that's cool about it code veronica yeah that's um the grandmother or great grandmother of uh, the ashford twins mm. i forget might be their mom who knows doesn't matter wasn't it creepy wasn't that, wasn't that little video creepy of the twins looking at each other like they're gonna make out i thought they were gonna kiss that was weird but it's like that in the game too yeah yeah it's weird you said there's weird sexual tension and um yes it's obvious that alfred's like absolutely in love with his sister hmm. listen it's that, weird that's fine right like you know we look in the mirror sometimes and we look at ourselves and sometimes we how do i want to say this as as you know people Be careful some, sometimes <laughs> i'm trying to choose my words very carefully <laughs> so i have to rewrite my trajectory of thought here um sometimes you know as we're dating navigating romantic <laughs> landscapes right we look for people that look like us or look like people in our family or our parents right so why wouldn't two twins what? find love in one another big bro <laughs> yeah is that a b-o-w or are you just happy to see me <laughs> I had to salvage whatever chaos you were. No, I mean, <laughs> going I was just gonna say like you know, sometimes people like just sometimes something's <laughs> fuck. 
Sometimes they do. Sometimes they fuck. It's, I mean, look at the royal family. It's not right. It happens. And then the weirdest part of that video was Birkin at the end with like a fucking like clipboard smile and like, hell yeah. <laughs> we did it. God damn it. Please don't make Code Veronica. <sighs> Please. Or it's their chance. Literally, you could do anything with the Code Veronica, Code Veronica story and make it better. Because mm-hmm. it's such a bad story that anything you do to it's an improvement. Anything. So, give like, me if a, Nemesis showed up in Code Veronica for some reason, it would work. G- give me the kind of like elevator pitch for like what Code Veronica is oh outside of the out- okay. Ashford Twins. So obviously. it's post the events of Resident Evil Two. Claire is still searching for Chris because she never reunites with him. Okay. In part two, and she finds out about a laboratory in Europe because Umbrella has a bunch of labs. She gets out there, but ends up getting her ass caught, not before killing a bunch of innocent Umbrella security members. Mm -hmm. They're not evil because they work for an evil corporation, but Barrett from Final Fantasy VII might have a different opinion (laughs) on that. So she gets caught and thrown into an island prison called Rockford Island. Okay. Or Rockfort, I forget. And she basically has to work her way out of this prison where, lo and behold, an outbreak occurs... Turns out it's because um, Albert Wesker bombed the fucking island and made sure that the outbreak occurred. Mm-hmm. And so you fight a, 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 against a bunch of prisoner zombies, and it's got this like Castellan vibe to it. Not like not like RE4, but um, yeah, because RE4 had a big Castellan like section about it. It's it's more royal family than it is like European Gothic European Gothic, thing. Yeah. yeah, it's like a royal family vibe thing, and you end up um, having to fight uh, Alfred Ashford who is trying to revive his sister who um, took the T. Veronica virus, but she had to go into hibernation for like 20 years. Mm-hmm. She ends up being like the big bad of the of the game. Okay. And um, Chris comes to your rescue, but you end up in Antarctica somehow. <laughs> With a crossbow. <laughs> With a crossbow and a Canadian by the name of Steve. And he's the shittiest character in Resident Evil canon. Um, <laughs> and then you actually, it's cool because it switches to where you're playing as Chris in the same game. So you play as both Redfield siblings. And he goes through the island again, um, but it's all fucked up and different. You have to do different puzzles and pick up different items. It was really cool. That, yeah. I like that implementation. And then you go back to Antarctica to find uh, uh, Claire, and you end up fighting Wesker because he shows up for fun. Okay. And he's got red eyes. Hmm. He goes, Rah! Did not know Wesker. Rah! Like that. Yeah. Did you know that DC Douglas was a sex pest? The guy who plays Wesker in RE5? Oh, yeah. I was reading yeah. about that on, on uh, Twitter. The uh, Spear Hunter was talking about that. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he cause he was leaking art from the RE4 remake of Wesker's design mm-hmm. from the uh, Separate Ways campaign that they're doing with Ada. Mm-hmm. Spoiler, 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 spoiler. I guess we're getting a remake of Separate Ways starring Ada. And it's going to be an RE4 remake. And the design looks dope, dude. The Wesker design looks sick. Hmm. Haven't seen it. And then the guy that posted it was like, this is cool. But also remember, DC Douglas is a sex pest. Yeah. <laughs> Which was fucking wild. I, I, didn't, I did not know. Huh. But yeah, apparently he preys on, preys on uh, women at... Uh, anime conventions and stuff like that god damn it another fucking voice actor creep dude what is with that what, what's going on there it's people just kind of uh taking advantage of their status and mm-hmm. fame and just preying on people I yeah know, it's fucked up but it, like, why is it like a voice actor thing that i hear about right i mean there, there's creeps in every industry but it's like remember vince magnolia or whatever the fuck the guy that played uh uh one of the alphonses mm-hmm. or whatever york what was his name edward and yeah yeah, yeah. he played Alph- that yeah or no the other one the short one. <laughs> Edward and... Ed and Al. Al. Yeah, Alphonse. So he's Ed. He yeah. plays Ed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That voice actor was a creep, too. Hmm. What's going on? Ooh. Bring it on back. 
Code Veronica. I hope it doesn't happen. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> Remake the game, because mm-hmm. you could make something out of that, probably. Make it scarier, hard horror, mm-hmm. less camp. But uh, don't want to see a movie <laughs> about it. I know fans will get so pissed off at this idea. They'll be like, what? I mean, I feel like I, I haven't heard a lot of the critical fan response about even the Ashford twins nod in this movie but i imagine it's so egregious for so many people of like why why do this like he tried to shove like fucking six different films into this movie or six different games ideas into this movie and it's like why why we get it you love the franchise we all do but this isn't how you show your love right we look at at, you know modern day horror directors right and how they show their love to john carpenter right with a tasteful shot or music and they do it tastefully. Nothing about this felt tasteful. <laughs> I, I read somewhere something somewhere where somebody was like, I really wanted like somebody to do like an A24 interpretation of Resident Evil. And like, well, I wouldn't go specifically for that. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It would be a family living on a farmhouse with a zombie that they ha- happen to keep as their kid. <laughs> a la like <laughs> lamb. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But I mean, like, I think what people, they wanted a more serious interpretation of Resident Evil after like, the highfalutin sci-fi action movies we got with mm-hmm. Mila Jovovich just like were not yeah. that. And to be to be completely fair though, there's some corny ass shit in the Resident Evil canon, right? It, it, it's inescapable. It's a Japanese yeah. horror game. You're you're gonna get some nutso stuff, right? But I do agree with that mentality of like, there's a really cool, straightforward zombie story to be told about the events of Raccoon City, mm-hmm. and like this didn't get it. Like, this didn't land it. It could have been that. It could have been good. You can do a legitimately scary, honest interpretation of Resident Evil that doesn't get bogged down with trying to reference the Ashfords Mm -hmm. or making sure that somebody gets their sunglasses. We don't... Like, these aren't the things that matter about Resident Evil. This is a shit that mattered to, like, people in the fan art community. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know? You could have done, like, a just a very stripped down to the basics legitimately scary traditional horror film out of this that i that i didn't see from this which is weird because like <laughs> johans roberts has done stripped down horror right with at least the first like 47 meters down right like it's mm-hmm. you know that's a simple story about like you know somebody having to survive against sharks right and then the sequel like blows it up oh, it's like oh there's so many sharks there's a there's lot 15 sharks in this cave um it, <laughs> they're it, bioluminescent <laughs> It feels like the MCU ruined this for us. We're like, mm. it, we saw this even with with uh, with the DCEU and Justice League, where there's so much of a like impetus to rush the idea mm. of a cinematic universe, to rush the idea and and slam all these concepts and ideas into a film to build a universe rather than do a slow burn. We earn this, mm-hmm. um, and it's unfortunate, right? I know kind of what your thoughts on this would be, but what? would your version of this movie have been if i had to do the combo story yeah like what what i mean obviously we know what characters you put where but like what would be the through line of it where would we end up Mm -hmm. by the end of the first movie or second movie whatever you have in your head for it i think the biggest changes would be that you would need to have raccoon city as a as a living city Mm -hmm. like there it needs to be a disaster zone for common people right because like the the idea is that it's 
corporate America's consequences on living populaces. Yeah, it's like a social commentary. <clears throat> right? Like, it's simple. It's there for you. And by, like, making it a fucking desert town, you just completely destroy, like, who gives a fuck? Mm-hmm. Oh, they're, they're poisoning the waitress. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she should move. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you want from me? Yeah. No, the events are, like, it's a surprise outbreak, right? Something that's completely preventable, but, like, Raccoon City was a pressure cooker. It always was because of how Umbrella is. Uh, it's avarice, right? Mm-hmm. So I would still treat it as a traditional outbreak movie and I would put more emphasis on oh, sorry, uh, Claire and Leon. I think I would minimize the presence of like the whole stars thing. Mm-hmm. I think like if you had to do the, the, the Spencer Estate thing, I would even go as far to say as like maybe that turns out to be your third act where they go to the estate to figure out what's going on. But the stars team aren't really characters in the story. You hear about them. Maybe you hear those stories. Maybe you find files. Maybe you have characters tell you what's going on as she's trying to follow Chris. As she she knows nothing about Umbrella, by the way. Mm-hmm. She is learning about Umbrella because the Stars team has been embroiled in it for so long. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you kind of do this breadcrumb thing where it's like we go through <clears throat> the RPD and let's go let's let's turn the third act of Resident Evil Two into go to the Spencer Estate. There's labs. There's craziness. It's nuts. And then we meet up with the rest of the cast and, you know, we do our thing there, right? Mm. But again, if you were to give me complete carte blanche, I would not cram both stories into one because it's just mess- it's just messy. It's a, it's a messy thing. You don't get to do fun stuff then. You don't you don't get to do... So it's like, oh, do I do Mr. X or do, do I do Tyrant? Oh, fuck. Mm. You know, like, it's like, I hate that. And this movie decided to do neither of them. It did none of those. <laughs> yeah. it just, it sucks. Yeah, I, I think... Um, I would want RE2's story to be as close to what RE2 the game is, mm-hmm. for sure. And I would want RE1's story to be as close to what RE1 the game is. Yeah. Just have them just separate, dude. Just separate them out, man. You don't got to do this. <laughs> I don't need to have this ensemble where most of the characters have nothing to do. Mm-hmm. That's boring. Yeah, I, I, there are way too many characters. Yeah. And honestly, like it, the, the focus should have been not trying to cram two movies into one, but how do we build the idea of... like? the threat of umbrella right the games do such a good idea they do such a good job at it because it's like you as the player like you have like eight to ten hours in a campaign you're coming through files you're seeing kind of the mystery slowly expand in front of your eyes and you're like wow something really fucked up happened here and you don't get that same kind of courtesy in a movie right because obviously you're not going to show a character picking up files and reading stuff you know you might get a throwaway scene where it's like oh there's exposition happening on a tv as somebody's explaining stuff as movies often do but this movie's like oh what if ben just through quick words at you as to what the conspiracy was and you have to I'm kind scared, of Claire. and you have to just take that and it's just that's not the way you build it that's not the way you do it and they no. they drop that ball entirely yeah unfortunately like it just um the story didn't work here like it, that, that's what it comes down to some of the character choices worked that was mostly the actors doing their most with nothing mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh yeah overall it didn't work the only thing that i really really liked about this film is the way it looks mm-hmm. i think it looks like the kind of low budgety shit mm-hmm. uh that john carpenter would have cranked out and made it still look pretty good mm-hmm. i i like that about this film where it's like yeah you got the shadows right in the scene you know what i'm yeah. saying but that was about it and there's like a decent partial character movie here between uh, chris and claire chris and claire yeah, yeah. That's that's really about it. Almost, honestly, thinking back on the question, I would almost like just focus on that a bit more, mm-hmm. the Chris and Claire thing, and maybe just like focus that more on the events of Resident Evil Two, 
or start it out in the mansion. Start small in the mansion, and then like they realize there's a bigger conspiracy that spreads out to the town, and we get to our halfway point where we got to like, oh shit, Raccoon City's in trouble, you know? Like, what if what if you did something like that? I, I don't know. But again, why blend them together other than the fact that like you wanted to get the best of both worlds from fans, mm-hmm. you know, like remind them of all the things that they like in Resident Evil. At that rate, why didn't Nemesis show up and kick somebody in the face mm-hmm. <laughs> like halfway through? Like, yeah. Didn't do any of that. If you're going to throw non- visual nonsense at us, why yeah. not just fucking have a Nemesis show up? Yeah. Yeah. I think this will always be remembered as like the worst choice it made was, was blending the stories yeah. together, which is something that we everyone was dubious about. They're like, really? That seems like a lot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Maybe they could have pulled it off in, like, a two-and-a-half-hour movie, but the thing is, like, for a horror movie, that's too long. Yeah, way too long. Way too long. Horror's got to be um, sweet and to the point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's tough. Sorry, Johans. You gave it a shot. It's obvious you liked what we like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> like, I'm running out of, like, okay. Sorry, movie. It's a kind of... I wish I liked you. Bring it home. Yeah. Closing thoughts. Could you... As a fan, as a diehard fan of the Resident Evil franchise from Capcom, could you recommend this? <laughs> and who would you recommend this to if you recommended it to anybody? My friend. Claire! <laughs> um, do I recommend this? I think it's going to be a mixed kind of bag, right? Yeah. I think there's some people that are totally expecting this movie to be dumb and they're going to have a good time with this, right? I think there's people that really love the games and maybe make more of the stories of the games than there actually is there and I'm partly one of those people, right? I'm always like looking at it and rebooting it in my head while I stare at it. Mm-hmm. And Resident Evil 2 Remake was like the best that we got of like, wow, you fucking did it. You Hollywooded the story of RE2. Mm-hmm. You did it perfectly. And then somebody looked at that and said, what if we just fucking nonsense this? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, you're going to have people that are going to walk in wanting way more out of it than you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's you're going to have to deal with the fact that, yeah, it's got a schlock tone. And yeah, it's stories all over the place. And yeah, some of your favorite characters do absolutely fucking nothing except for quip. And that's it. That's all they get. So, sorry. So, I, I half and half recommend it. I mm-hmm. think um, if you can take a step back and say to yourself, I'm just in for a dumb time, whatever, it's the right kind of dumb. And mm-hmm. it's better than anything I've seen out of the previous Resident Evil movies. Except for maybe Extinction. Extinction was fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of in the boat where I could only probably recommend this to fans. Yeah. And even then it's like, okay, well, you're going to be disappointed. The reason I say don't, I don't recommend it to like the average moviegoer or somebody who only maybe has like the Paul W.S. Anderson movies is kind of a, a, a benchmark for Resident Evil. Cause that's a lot of people, right? Like I, mm-hmm. I have a lot of friends who like don't play video games, but they know those movies. They would see them every year when a fucking Resident Evil came out on Valentine's day. That's what they were doing with their, their sweetheart. Damn. You know, it was this whole thing, but like this movie doesn't make sense to people who don't understand the franchise like from the games because that's what it's trying to throw at you mm-hmm. and in setting up its own thing it does a terrible job at setting up its own thing <laughs> so like it does a terrible job explaining itself yeah so like you and i like as people who know the franchise are just kind of we're pulling the threads together ourselves because like we have enough of the big picture to maybe figure out what they're trying to say yeah i think you're totally right i think if you walk <laughs> into this not knowing anything about the games you're gonna feel like you're missing the point you're gonna feel yeah. like like 
like another movie happened already that you didn't get to see. <laughs> That's how this movie feels. Like you walked in and you're like, should I know who these people are? Yeah. Should I know why they're color coordinated? Like what's going on here? Are they Power Rangers? Yeah. <laughs> like you'll be completely bewildered by all of the choices that as a, as a Resident Evil fan, I'm like, yeah, thank God she's wearing the jacket. <laughs> like, I mean, they got the jacket, right? Got the jacket on fucking lock. <laughs> like, okay. Do they got anything else on lock? Deborah Logan showed up. <laughs> Claire friend God this movie I mean listen it it was a fun movie to go out and see the night before Thanksgiving it was but don't get me wrong I will buy it on Blu-ray yeah I will but some of it feel like empty calories it is (laughs) this shit is a Mountain Dew dog (laughs) not actually it's a it's code red. We got some problems here. Mm-hmm. Code reds go bad halfway through. That's a true fact. Yeah, when they go flat. When they oh. get, oh, buddy. Yeah. This is a code red. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, this is the funniest thing in my mind. I'm just like, I watched this movie. I was like, almost. Mm-hmm. You almost got it right. You weren't very close, but like in comparison <laughs> to the rest of the shit, you almost got it right. <laughs> It's it's tough too because it's like such a it's a storied franchise right that's going on like twenty five years now right yeah, and yeah. even it doesn't get itself right because there's so many like oh. hard right turns and tone shifts and recontextualizations of characters within the game mythos and it's like how do you really summarize any of that mm-hmm. I don't know you strip it down you, you pick a it, lane yeah you pick a lane the the best thing they could have done is make a small intimate story which is why like if if I wanted a sequel that was at least kind of like in this realm like i would love to see them do like a seven kind of like idea of a story because like that's just such a small horror story that mm-hmm. builds into a bigger thing much like the mansion yeah. incident but i don't know i don't know that we'll get it and you can you can get away with doing the crazy like oh here's the molded and stuff like that right and like unravel that with the bakers and stuff it, it's all i think that would land with audiences mm-hmm. like I, I i'd be interested to see them doing like seven as a film if if they had to do another resident Evil, i agree with that i think yeah. seven would be interesting because we're not getting Raccoon City, right? Jesus Christ. <laughs> to me, hard? it's not even a complicated story. No. What the fuck, dude? How hard is it to get a city right with the looming threat of a conspiracy from a corrupt corporation? Have you never watched Dawn of the Dead? Right? Have you never watched a zombie movie before? You could just... It's there for you. How do you... Anyway. Oh, Johans, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> The, the amount of times I've heard that in my life, and I'm sad to have to say it to, to you, but, yeah. you know, you tried. At least it wasn't boring. Well, not totally boring. Yeah, I wasn't ever bored. I was more, mm. like, bewildered at points, but, like, I was <laughs> I was always yeah. waiting to see what was going to happen next, because, like, all right, where are we going with this? What's, yeah. what's really going to happen here? Yeah, the problem is, it's a movie that is strung together by references mm. and not story. Like, it, it, that's yeah, not a movie. That's not enough. That's not a movie. I, I'm a fan of all your references, man. It's like, it's, there's no story. You need to you need to go back and be like, put some fucking structure to this bitch. Mm. And also, look at a map and tell yourself in your brain how far a fucking orphanage from the outskirts of the city is. <laughs> tell yourself. Or, at least give, a, give us a like transition scene. Oh, look yeah. at this huge tunnel. It runs through the whole city. Thank you. Jesus. Yeah, they didn't even take like a tram. They literally what? They took an elevator down yeah. and then they walked like a few feet and what then they the were there. Fuck. Listen, I I walk. We all walk, right? <laughs> um it takes me probably like twenty minutes sometimes to like <laughs> walk a mile, you know. Sure. Maybe maybe a little more. 
they were on crunch time. It was like 5.30. That city is going down at 6 a.m. There's no way they walked fucking all the way from the orphanage to the mountains in fucking 30 minutes. I'm sorry. Jesus Christ. Sense. Should have found like a go-kart down there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're just driving in a go-kart. <laughs> or do like a silly awesome. minecart scene. We're yeah. Like, oh, we're in a minecart. Oh, minecart chase. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what's that? Oh, it's Birkin. <laughs> Look out. Duck. <laughs> all right. Let's, let's bring it in. All right. Let's 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 cap this off. Goodbye, Raccoon City. <laughs> it was nice to know you. All three miles of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like the three mile island of uh, of the Resident Evil universe. Yeah, I just wanted the ending to be like the Redfields playing football across the city, <laughs> just like throw, throwing some pigskin. <laughs> Tiny little raccoon. How do you make such a big conspiracy in a small city feel so small? Or poison in the water? Uh, what yeah. for? Cause are you going to sell this water? <laughs> What? Also, why? So, who was slowly building up the tolerance in the stars members? Where like Claire even kind of figures it out. Where like she grabs Chris's water bottle and she's like, "This water doesn't seem like the tap water coming out of the sink." What? Like, are I they, are no they partitioned like better water? Was it supposed to be Wesker because he's the one that led them to the mansion? Maybe. So he's just like, yeah, I make sure they're on my workout regime. Yeah. I'm not the captain of this team, but I'm going to control their water intake. <laughs> Whatever. It's so dumb. Keep them wet. Uh. Keep those stars wet. <laughs> <laughs> I want those stars wet and glistening. Get, right. get that zombie juice out of their lips. <laughs> I don't want to see itchy tasty on my fucking porch. <laughs> Could have, that could have been such back. a cool moment, but it was such a groan-worthy scene. It's not. Oh, you know how you do that scene, by yeah. the way, going back? Easily, it's like, so Claire and Chris have their weird confrontation. It was actually one of the best scenes in the movie. And he dips out, and she's just like, oh, what do I do now? Here's something weird next door. Mm-hmm. Here's some rummaging. Here's a scream. A child scream has to fucking run in there. Yeah. Right? And then, like, goes like, oh, what's going on here? Fucking there's blood everywhere leading up the stairs she goes what the fuck is going on here she fucking like walks up the stairs opens the door oh my god deborah logan chris's neighbor or oh oh, oh. claire says oh my god isn't that isn't that miss petrie (laughs) wasn't that isn't that miss petrie lived next to chris for years Mm -hmm. oh my god miss petrie's eating her child right Mm -hmm. eating her child and like she she looks up at claire and she's still kind of cognizant. She goes like, I was just so hungry. I was just so itchy, tasty. And that's how you fucking do it. Yeah. Johans. <laughs> Johans. Directed films. <laughs> Johans. This is semi-accomplished film director. <laughs> oh, I, I was in for that scene. Yeah, that was yeah. really good. Pitch me more of this later. I will rewrite this film. <laughs> I will make it land. <laughs> all right well we're gonna land this thank you guys for listening this is our official welcome to raccoon city Petri. <laughs> situation miss Petri. <laughs> um, as kevin said at the start you can find us over at all these beautiful podcasting places soundcloud.com slash save room show itunes spotify stitcher google play wherever the fuck else um you can also find us on twitch kevin's usually playing resident evil he was playing resident evil 2 uh, i I needed a palate cleanser last night did you do both campaigns no i didn't okay but i I might jump into the other campaign on the steam version Mm. because like 
I can play with shit on there. Yeah, that's what I was wondering because I, I was like, oh, is he playing with mods? Because that would be fun. No, I was playing. I was playing the on the PS5 because mm. I was just like, it's easier to have two screens. But okay. I might just play some tonight for fun, just well, to see how it is. You can find that over at Twitch.tv/slash The Red Herb. Three hours and thirteen minutes, by the way. Nice. Jesus, I wasn't even trying for there, a speed run. There was a time where we were killing that campaign in like two hours. Fourteen thousand steps. So good. Got that trophy. That was a hard one. Too. That was a hard one. Yeah, you had to yeah. skip everything. It's crazy. Well, at that point, you already know. I, th- I actually, I prefer that trophy over the one in Resident Evil Remake where you have to touch every square on yep. the map. That's silly. Yep. That's silly shit. It uh, was really funny, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you can find me over at twitch.tv slash Daniels. You can also find us on Twitter at Save Room Show. Did you see this movie? Did you like it? Did you did it make you feel itchy and scratchy it and itchy and tasty because you were so uncomfortable by it? Let us know. God, itchy taste. <laughs> Did you befriend Claire? Did you wear your mom's skin? But that wasn't explained. <laughs> Bewildering. Bewildering. Bewildering film. Well, guys, good night to you. And remember to put on your sunglasses. <laughs> I wear my sunglasses at night. The T-virus makes my blood feel alright.